Hey everyone, we are the three princes and we go around looking for things to penetrate deeply. Hey, intellectual. <laughs> uh, welcome to our show. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. Meera. Okay. <laughs> we are <laughs> actually doing this again. Again. <laughs> and then the answer to that is oh. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we had a monumental fuck up. Uh, colossal. Colossal fuck up because we just recorded the first half of this entire conversation and... Uh, Found out the audio wasn't recording. Season 2 is a great start. Start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will introduce him Still in a little bit. We will introduce him in a little bit. <laughs> you are in film. This happens. Monumental fuck-ups. What are the biggest ones and how have you dealt with them? Um, with patience. <laughs> That's the first one. Um, one of the biggest fuck-ups that happened on set. Uh, it's probably when one actor decided to be a diva and didn't want to come out to set anymore because they didn't like their costumes at the end and we just deal with patient and we send the producer there to talk to them it was you, <laughs> you. no that time it was not me <laughs> thank god because <laughs> i'll be pulling that person by the hair <laughs> to set <laughs> um and we just it's but that's the thing arts and films it's all about troubleshooting it's all about the challenges you face and how you fix them and that's how you learn from it basically Um, but somebody would have been fired if this happened (laughs) did somebody get fired no if this happened (laughs) if someone forgot to put Put the the, okay so guys uh, (laughs) the monumental fuck up is we didn't record the first half of this interview so we have the video but we we can't audio audio. so uh, again i'm reintroducing more right um, I said that name right, eh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rai is a very Indian sound. I know, Ashwara Rai. She's yeah. my cousin, I like to say. But she's not really. She doesn't know I exist. Uh, Rai is... So I'm originally from Syria, mm-hmm. as I said. And I uh, was born and raised in Damascus. And uh, we immigrated in Canada in the early 90s. My parents did. And then I followed that in late 90s. Mm-hmm. And Rai comes from the last name Rai which means the shepherd. Right. Oh, and when okay. my dad came here... It's a no, Persian Syrian... No, it's, it's Arabic. It's... Okay, it's Arabic. It's Arabic. Okay. And when my dad immigrated to Canada, they asked him, what's your last name? He said it. They could understand him. They wrote some six letters that didn't mean anything. He's like, just put Rai. <laughs> and that's how I got my last name. Oh, right. right. Cool. Right. So, you, you, you lived in Syria. Uh, and then you moved into... Then you move to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, very briefly, because we've done this once. Uh, your life. <laughs> very briefly. Uh, because uh, I, I know you're going to get bored of uh, talking about this entire thing. <laughs> it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born uh, in Damascus, Syria, the oldest inhabitant capital in the world. Mm-hmm. So a lot of history, a lot of cultures. And then we, I immigrated in Canada. My parents immigrated to Canada. I spent summer school a lot there. And then um, after I finished my studies, my high school in Syria and Damascus, I went to Toronto 
and did high school there. Then I did computer science and math at the University of Toronto. And then after that, I did uh, film school at Toronto Film School. Um, and then I worked there for a few years. Then I packed up and I wanted to live back home. So I went there, lived for three years. I lived through uh, between 2009-2011 okay. at the end of it, which basically also marks um, the revolution the, or the upright. The, the, depending the start of the Arab where, Spring in the Middle East. Yeah. And what ensued afterwards. Exactly. And then I came back to Canada in 2011, end of 2011. And I've been working back in films since then for almost a decade. Uh, you you spoke about your your time in Syria. How was I mean, you have you, we have had conversations about this, and uh, if you don't mind, what was it like? Because we we never get a chance to talk to a Syrian who has gone through this. We will never. Um, it's funny actually. I was talking about this today during dinner. Uh, Syria, actually, the, the society and the, how the society works in Syria and Damascus is very similar actually to Sri Lanka in a way. So there is a lot of uh, okay. classism. I, well, I think mm. you can correct me if I'm wrong. In Syria, there is um, there's classism mm. that's very uh, classism as if in as if in like there's middle class. You can see the middle class. There's a lower class or poor class. You can see is it. it. A, is it a traditionally brought in? Uh, classism or no a, i think it's it just, just developed you throughout the years it. you can see it the middle class all like hang out in the same places the high class they all which is a minority mm. they all ha- like hang out and group together they all know each other everybody know each other everybody in their circle, society no. yeah. in the circle the people live on their society they live on what the society tells about them mm. what they how they act how they behave um so it's very similar to that extent in a way um, it was amazing living in Syria, especially because I grew up in a in middle class and a privileged in, in, in comparison to a lot of people. Mm. Um, so it was it was good. We were comfortable. My dad worked his ass off all all his years to offer good to his kids, to yeah, to offer his kids a better life than he had, and um, and it was great. It was. It's, it's a beautiful country. It has amazing history. Mm. Uh, people are extremely nice. We have great food. Mm. Uh, everything's, everybody wants to live. They enjoy life. They enjoy the small things more than the big things. It's very similar. I find it in Sri Lanka as well. People are very want to live. Isn't, isn't, you have traveled quite a lot. Uh, isn't it the case in many countries? No, like it's very different than Canada, for instance, or Toronto. The people are, uh, I find them, they mostly live for the moment. Uh, They're more closed in their own circles. They're not as friendly to other people. They don't meet people easily. They don't uh, create friendship connections. It's more about connections and network. Why do I know this person? Because I might... It might open doors for me or mm-hmm. or th- I might benefit in certain way. I mean, there are friendships that they mm-hmm. fall, but it's I, I find it that it's restricted, s- smaller, smaller amount of friendship and real connections with others, with with people you meet than here. Like, for instance, for what, here what makes a difference. Man? I, I think I, I, I completely get what you're saying because uh, my sister lives in Canada. Uh, but what what? What make what do you think that what makes that happen? I mean, I'm not sure, but I would say that 
um, Canada is a mix of different cultures, of all immigrants from all different parts of the world. Mm. So I f- maybe what's happening is when people immigrate to another country, they want to be with themselves because mm. they understand themselves from where they come from mm. and they kind of cocoon themselves mm. in their own. Right. Uh, Integration. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Integration bias. Negative bias towards integration, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be one, one of the reason, reasons, yeah. I, w- I would say. Also, I mean, North Americans uh, are warmer than a lot of people, like the British, for instance, we guys are very familiar with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, that kind of race is a bit cold in a sense that. Um, yeah, the, the, the empathy is a different meaning for them. Yeah, to sympathize with someone is a what, different meaning. What does empathy mean? In, in Any, Canada? I mean, I can't really speak on all of the white population that is Canada because, <laughs> first of all, I'm not white. <laughs> Second of all, I didn't grow up there. But I, I find their perspective on other places in the world are different. They kind of assume that the way that Canada or North America or even sometimes Europe, mm-hmm. how people live and how society is structured, that's the norm everywhere around the world. And when they go right. to different places in the world, they're like, we don't understand how you guys function. Mm-hmm. While actually around the world is kind of the norm and North America and Europe is the exception. Right. Because you have these countries where it have been generations and generations, like seven generations almost of peace and uh, development mm. and going uh, with all these mm. inventions and and you have seven generation of these people on the other side in these countries where they've been in maybe dictatorship or poverty or uh, colonization, colonization <laughs> wars as well yeah. that destroyed countries and made the country not improve as fast as these people. So Seventh generation on the right and seventh generation on the left, these people sometimes can't understand each other anymore. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a deeper, deeper opinion, I suppose. Uh, a deeper sentiment. Um, yeah, that, that is that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, we uh, I, Before we got very rudely uh, broken off, I, I wanted to talk about, I asked... Uh, you about uh, you you were a question about um, uh, working with Sri Lankans. You said it was a great experience, and I was like, okay, fine, that's great. Uh, I was I'm really sh- shocked that things were happening on time. Yeah, yes, we were, we, were really, we, we were really shocked uh, that things were happening on time. Um, so we're capable of it. Yes, we are yeah. capable of it. We have uh, we had a great team. But but you ended that with uh, the thought that I was pondering on at that point was there's a work ethic that that has to be met everywhere yeah uh, in arts the general in, in fine arts this is purely an opinion I don't know whether it's true or not because I think there, there may be artists that work their asses off there's a divergence of strong work ethic but in film you have a you have to have a strong work ethic um, what is what is your ethic how do you approach work and how do you build on work on a on a purely i need to achieve this sense i mean i try to believe in that a person from his mistakes they learn mm-hmm. and they need to improve on that not just try to keep doing the same mistakes so mm-hmm. every project for me is a learning experience and 
I, my motto is always to be kind, to be fair, and to be responsible. Kind or fair? Because there are two different things. Yeah. And yeah. fair. I, I always, I, 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 I make a very clear distinction. Me as a professional, I make, I mm-hmm. make a very clear distinction. So. Kind, not always. Because there are places that you can't be kind. Fair, always, absolutely, mm-hmm. at any given time. Is there a big difference for you? It is. Kind is, well, especially, let me explain why I say kind. Basically, in film, we, the whole film team of, or the film structure comes with people from all different places of the world or societies or classism. They all come and unite and you work with all these people. Mm-hmm. So you have the people who might have university degrees or college degrees. You have the people who are just drivers. Mm-hmm. They, they don't they don't know anything about the art for instance or they're not that of that society and you have the actors who are diva sometimes or they have their mm-hmm. own characters that you have to help and and manage mm-hmm. so it's it's a whole melange of, of all these characters mm-hmm. and people so you have to be kind to people and mm-hmm. that's where kindness mm-hmm. comes in because That's, you don't know where anybody's coming from. Mm. We work long hours, mm. like back in Canada, 12 hour days is a short day. And that's not everybody who works mm. that. Mm. So there's 14, 15, 16 and time travel back and forth to your home or whatever. And you do it the next day. Mm. So people come with a lot of stress, with a lot of uh, overworked. So they snap, they have different clashes and whatnot, mm. whatnot. So you always have to be kind to them to know you don't know what that person is going through, where they're coming from, why are they taking this job? Is it just to put food on the table for their teen, mm. uh, for their for their five year old? So that's why I try to approach it in kindness. Mm. And fair is everything has to be fair. No matter, yes, you have to be kind to all these people, but no matter where you come from, you have to be treated fair and equally with equal opportunity. No matter what's your sex, what's your orientation, what's your uh, color no matter who you are, you are treated as a human being in a fair way. Yeah. Uh, something that you said, I mean, like, again, I'm pulling off what you were just saying. You seem to be oriented into that kind of sentiment. And uh, something that you said very recently, like, again, before this entire debacle happened, was that... Uh, <laughs> never going to get over it. Yeah, we're not going to get over it. Uh, but... Uh, is you're choosing projects that you want to work on and you are doing so because there is some purpose in executing them. Uh, what, what drives you, what motivates you and what inspires you to do that? Um, well, what we talked about is that the purpose is I feel like at this time in my life, I need to choose projects that are meaningful in a way that whatever means they're being shown either on TV or theater or even a one-time showing, mm-hmm. if, that per- if one person saw it and changed their life, changed their thought, changed mm-hmm. their way of behavior, yeah. then it actually did good. It did good for people. It changed people for the best. And we talked about... Um, a project that I recently worked on, which is Trap, the story of Saving Alex, which is about uh, a Mormon family where their teenage daughter comes out to them as LGBT mm-hmm. and they don't agree with her. So mm-hmm. they put her in a conversion uh, center or house where she gets 
uh, abused and mistreated for um, for her sexuality orientation until she gets fixed. Yeah. And fixed. fixed. Yeah. But then at the yeah. end, she escapes and uh, she becomes the first LGBT spokesperson to her uh, little area in Utah, US. So that story is so powerful that I know for a fact if it's if if it's on on this big screen and somebody sees it, it's gonna it's change gonna something. It's gonna like a, a light bulb is gonna switch on. Somebody's lives. Anybody, because this story so powerful that you're gonna be affected by it some way. You might not like it. You might not agree with it, or you might agree what they did to her, but something is gonna come out of you after you watch it. Um, what what is your what is your because. We are very storytelling animals. What what is your perspective about how storytelling influences us every day? But we we know that we are inherently influenced by them uh, because we work in a very data oriented, fact based world. Especially when it comes to work, and, and no. there's there's more and more emphasis that is being put on. Big hard data. facts, yeah, yeah. hard facts, deliver hard facts. But hard facts, yeah, they tell stories if you search for them. But, but what is your perspective on where we things are heading versus what you are trying to do, which is tell really powerful stories that maybe propag- propagate the human race for? Well, the human race from the beginning loved storytelling. We, we see it in history with pictures on the walls where a story is being told somehow and film just like any other means of storytelling it's a way of you can call it propaganda it's propaganda for the good or it could be propaganda for the bad so it depends how you you take it's like a weapon with two sides it's it depends how you use it and how you use it mm. where are we going i think from the beginning as well there is that side or the world where independent filmmaking happened to tell stories that changes life and affects life. Mm. And there is also another chapter of storytelling where it's only entertaining and or comedic Mm -hmm. to, but even that does affect uh, society in a different way. Like look at Charlie Chaplin, for instance, all the films that he did in the black and white, it was during an era where people wanted to forget about their misery, wanted to stop being sad and wanted to be happy. And that's what he gave them. So it was a propaganda in a good way where it just lifted the spirit of all the people and it was needed at the time. So I think art should always speak of what's needed at the time and what is needed to um, to, to, to enhance society. Uh, Oh, but that, that raises a very important question. Like, how do you decide what is needed? Well, it's like democracy. Not everything, not everybody likes democracy. Yeah. <laughs> it's who you vote for, and that's where you're going to go with. Sure. It's also the, the ideas. We're all from different colors of society. We all believe in certain ideas and don't believe, don't agree with other mm-hmm. ideas. And both ideas are going to come on the table. And that's where. I think societies needs to do. They need to push both ideas mm. and have intellectual conversation mm-hmm. about each idea. Let, let the better idea win. Well, yes, let, let people the decide. Idea let people more decide. Popular and yeah, yeah. therefore win. Uh, <laughs> you can never 
shut off or shut up the other side because the, the more impre- the more compressed that happens the more it's gonna explode in a, in a, in a yeah, worse yeah, way yeah. We, 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 just we, like we, how for instance how i always use the example as trump yeah that's how you impress the press impress a lot of different kind of people they weren't heard you haven't been seen mm. and they wanted to be seen and that's what we got <laughs> because of it <laughs> um was that what happened in the middle east as well i mean in the middle east has always been a tricky um situation politically after the war we had after the world war 2 and after the bigger powers of of uh, the world. earth of yeah. the world decided to split the world and everybody takes stuff i think the middle east uh they just put people that control people but did not mean well for the people i think that's what happened and after so many that years and that happened anywhere you had bad uh leaders mm-hmm. or leaders who were good at certain point of time and then they decided not to care about their society or or communities and things turned to the worse and so a lot of people won't agree with the arab spring and how it happened but a lot of people do agree with it and say that people had enough and they just wanted to say no yeah um a lot of people say but that's not the way it should have been more gradually and easy mm. but a lot of people didn't see any hope other in any other way right right which is tricky cuz like for instance what happened in syria could have would it something else have happened mm. if some people took a different route mm. maybe yeah maybe yeah. Mm, maybe but now this is what happened and now this is where we're living on this is the world we're living on this is what we have to contend with yeah uh, okay coming back uh, I, i think syria is a very deep subject for you and we can talk about it for a long time because i i, I spent some time you experience some scenarios that you have been in and they have been in my view horrific then we went through a war as well mm. but i don't want to go there uh, this is not for this is not a situation for this is not a conversation about what happened um you spoke about something uh, like a project that had real proper social meaning at the very bottom and at a very high level uh can you tell can you tell us again very sorry about this but okay. can you tell us again what it was because when i heard it it was what genius in at both ends of the spectrum and I, i'll talk about the both ends of the spectrum so there's uh, the project you're referring to i worked on in 2012 and 2013 which is called uh, it was part of a project called city life uh, city life film where this police officer um as this retired police officer who comes from a bad neighborhood mm. from Toronto where the kids are on the street or maybe selling drugs and what not mm. he gathered them all and he put them in this workshop that 68 months where they were mentored by renowned filmmaker mm. uh experienced filmmaker in the industry and their stories their real stories about themselves got developed and nurtured and um okay bye bye Yeah. Where, where where the stories got developed and nurtured and this uh, production company came and sponsored three of those stories and fully produced them and it was real stories 
about people, about themselves. Like one of the stories, what about human trafficking that happened to uh, one of the filmmakers and her mom when they came from Korea to Canada. Another one was about this uh, pregnant teenage girl where she was kicked out from her home because she was um, pregnant. And you see it. Like we're filming with the actress who we put a belly on her to look like mm -hmm. pregnant and yeah. the director is pregnant in front of us. It's like goosebump everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's real stories and it was amazing voices to be told about uh, these individuals. And what's amazing was all these people who are professional in the industry all came to the table, forgot about their egos and their high horses and everything and they all went to support that young talent mm -hmm. and take them like a baby, step by step through the whole process. It was very, very inspirational. And that's, I think, what made me realize that I can be the agent of good change using so this the, the weapon with, with, with this film. Which is, which is something that we talk about as well. Like, I, I know you find advertising deplorable, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't find advertising horrible. Advertising is... Another weapon like any of these weapons that we use. I mean, it reached a lot of people. It reached people easily. It reached uh, all sectors of the people, majority of people. But I believe that it depends on the company that is sending that message. And what is the company's agenda? And what is the company's uh, money of the, all this profit is being invested in? And all this thing. Like, for instance, if I work in ads, I won't work for a cigarette company, even though I smoke cigarettes mm. at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't work for a company that advertised for that. I would work for a company that I know where what's their portfolio like and what what's their mission, vision, and values. Yeah, uh, that's that's, you... that's very interesting because brand matters a lot to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the construct of a brand. Yeah, whether it's considered good or bad, essentially in the very gray, black, and white. Yeah, spectrum yeah, yeah. matters to him, and that's how you attract good talent as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you, we need you. You need again. What happens is, I think the on, on an ongoing basis is more and more companies are trying to be ethical, and that I think there's a virtuous cycle that gets spread where there's a certain more ethical people are coming into business because they want to exact change, and while they can't do everything more things are getting done mm -hmm. and uh something I, I and now now that actually because of stories like his mm. you have a certain profitability when it comes to ethical behavior sorry something that i want to talk about i want you to give some advice to young artists that are starting out that that not so artists producers whoever wants to work in things like film in Sri Lanka you can't make money out of it you can never anywhere you can't make money out of film <laughs> film is a bad business to make money if you're thinking of making money like if you're an investor I'm sorry for all these <laughs> artsy people out there but film is not to make money but you can make money as a worker as a you if you work in the industry you can mm -hmm. and my advice will be for anybody who is in the arts if you really truly believe that you are resilient and you are patient enough to spend time on yourself to gain those fruits after, then go do it. And you will gain your fruits after. You are one of those cases. 
I mean, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so delayed gratification is very important. It is, and patience. Mm-hmm. You have to be patient. And again, I use this word again: kind to yourself. You have to kind be kind to yourself. To yourself. You have to be kind to yourself because it's going to be a long, hard road. Mm-hmm. If you don't have people who are going to open doors for you, if you don't have parents who can give you lump sum of money to go do your projects, it's going to be tough. But if you believe in yourself and you believe you have a talent, then it's rewarding at the end. Because mm. people will notice at the end. People will see you. You will shine. Um, your your journey, your switch. We were talking about this again. Uh, but your switch, switch from doing... You could have had a very safe, comfortable journey. How difficult was it? I mean, it was difficult for me. Uh, it was difficult for my parents to understand. My mm-hmm. first job did not. Uh, I got about like in Canada, it was like $600 a month, which is it furnished like it, it can it can help you for a week or furnish your your fridge for for a week or two. It depends how much you eat. I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But my dad was not understanding. He wouldn't right. understand. He thought I was um, ruining my life from from leaving science and math and computer science to go to do that but i knew that if i suffer for this time of period i and if i do this shitty job and i learn from it at this point and i learn as much as possible and do as many mistakes as i can so i can learn as much as possible the next job i won't be doing that mm. and it will be a better experience and i can ask for better money and mm. and keep climbing that ladder so, it what, is a ladder yeah what, we spoke what is, about this too yeah, yeah. what is an okay amount for you to suffer as long as i can bury it it's all about each person is about how much they can hand and right. you discover yourself as well right. you know right. what are your buttons you know what are your limits mm-hmm. but you have to push yourself right you you can't be like this is a little uncomfortable exactly you know you have to push yourself right like uh, again this is, this is it like you I'm going this to is die it. tomorrow take, take, take <laughs> us through your experience man because the whole idea is it's, we, this should not be philosophical tell us your experience well that's exactly what happened <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened and and uh, i just i just bear through it i kept uh, working i You know what? I think the reason why I didn't hit that rock bottom okay. is because I worked that long day. It was shitty day, mm. but I woke up the next morning and I was ready to do it all over again. And you did this four years. Well, I did it for a couple of years. <laughs> I think I think I was I was also lucky with my opportunities that I got. Right. Um, because after that job, I got another like bad job, and then the third one was a bit better, mm. and then I started immediately like understanding what I'm doing. I started uh, immediately understanding the system and the ladder and mm. the network. Mm. Uh, I, I remember four years I didn't go out. All all my outings were networking events to meet people. Mm. Like I made a plan that like I'm not going to see uh, a film or a theater or hang out with friends. I'm going to if I'm hanging out with friends or I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go to a network event. I'm gonna go to industry night. I'm gonna go to art night. I'm gonna meet other people, right. and mm. and that's what that what I did. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that is if if there's there's an absolute lesson in that. Yeah, definitely. You must construct your success. It's all about priorities. What are your priorities for this period of your life? 
I was young. I knew my priorities was to build my CV, to build my work, to move up. And that's what I like every four years I sit down with myself. Like, what are, what is your priority more for the next four years? How are we going to do it? And what are we going to do? So I, yeah, I like, like I, 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 I spoke about this. Like I said the same thing about like five episodes ago, like, no, much uh, more than five. Much more than five. <laughs> Somebody's counting. Yeah, but this was the, episode the whole four. idea was prior. how important is a, how important is a plan, and how important is not to get dissuaded because things aren't going perfectly. perfectly. Yeah, yeah. How I mean, life that? never goes perfectly. Nothing in life goes perfectly. You're the one who spins it. And you have to make peace with that if you're supposed to get anything done with this. Exactly. <laughs> You can't control the world. Yeah. I mean, we all would like to, yeah. <laughs> but um, we can. Okay. Um, in in you are here, and we are doing this episode because you are here. Why are you here? I'm, I know, but I want you to. Tell me. I'm here. Uh, we just finished actually filming a film for Deepa Mehta. Mm. Uh, and it's an amazing film. It's an amazing story. It's a Sri Lanka story. I mean, you all know Deepa Mehta from. Fire, water, and the earth, rest of the elements. And, yeah, the rest of the elements, midnight children. Uh, she's amazing, amazing, a ball of creative energy. Um, and uh, we worked here for three months. Mm. We, we shot here. We had a great team. We had a great company called Film Team. Mm. Uh, they were, they were, I, I, they were above my expectations. Actually, I didn't expect that. Mm. Mm. Um, and uh, we filmed the story. And uh, it was a great experience for me, and I'm, I'm sure I will do it again. Mm. And that's why I'm here in Sri Lanka. Uh, will you come back? I would love to. Um, I would love to. Uh, I'm actually thinking, I'm considering to see what other projects we can bring here. What can we do better to get you to come down more often? I mean... I think uh, Sri Lanka is getting, it's, it's on the starting point to understand what film is mm. and mm. be more film friendly. Mm. I mean, coming from Toronto, Toronto is extremely, everybody knows film, everybody knows where films are happening. There's a film set every other corner. So everybody understands that. I think Sri Lanka is, is, is the people, whenever I tell people that I'm working on a film here on a movie, they actually, their eyes sparkle. They're like so happy to hear more about it. Right. They're excited. Mm. They want to know more. They want to know how to help. It was, it's something that it's still fueling people up. They're excited yeah. to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think, I don't know what the authorities should like build on that more mm. and use that to their advantage and open it more to, um, to have more films that come here or TV shows. I mean, I'm not sure if there's a school that teaches film. Um, just more like you are you have been a filmmaker for some time what kind of infrastructure should we have to develop uh, film in Sri Lanka I mean uh, again there's there should be uh, I think there should be institutions mm. that teaches that teach this art, art. Mm -hmm. uh, there should be institutions that teaches the craft of it as well like lighting gripping camera mm. Uh, not just the creative aspects or not just the producing aspects we, we or the acting. We only have, we have a lot of creative systems, but we don't have the technical know-how construct. No? 
we have yeah. been uh, i think so well can actually answer that question like do how much of the technical know how do we have here not much Not much. <laughs> not, not too much. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> there is some, but it's certainly lacking in many ways. Uh, for example, post production is uh, one of those things that is super powerful that isn't very well understood here. Mm. Other than the basic grading, even color grading in mm. itself, um, I have seen personally some studios grading with screens that are not calibrated. So I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean. Stuff like this. Mm-hmm. You need. There are not. There aren't many like professional color calibrators here. So, for example. But that. But that could be for. I mean, film. It's. It's usually the always the question or or the answer that always we talk about is money and financing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people don't do those steps of grading because of financial needs that they want to spend it somewhere else. Like for instance, I'll I'll take it. I'll, I'll use Canada for instance as an example and how the Canadian. government and and have have helped the industry to nourish mm. um, the first thing that they did they did uh, grants there's a lot of grant system where they mm. give you money you don't have to pay it back mm. for all kinds of art which is amazing right. so that could be film that could be illustration that could be uh, theater that could be music that could be dance all these money that the government basically just funds people right I mean there's always the, the so conversation that's not enough government but, allocation for creating art Correct. There is government allocation to creating art, and also there is there is uh, institutions well, to do very that. Small. Mm. Well, that's my other thing. It's not just the government. There's also institutions that also give grants. Okay. Like there is a couple of institutions, like for instance, uh, in, in SI, which is basically give grants for uh, writing or developing mm. or even creating art. Mm. There is other institution like Greenberg where they finance projects for writing them or uh, to launch them. Uh, there's there's grants for uh, new media. There's grants for newspapers, for magazines. So there's a lot of uh, support in that field. Another thing that Canada did is called something called tax credits or tax rebate, mm. which is basically it's a percentage. For instance, if you spend a million dollar, let's say, yeah, there is thirty about thirty five percent you get on the Canadian side. So no matter where in Canada you spend that, and there is about fifteen twenty about fifteen to sixteen on the Uh, Ontario side, okay. so whatever you spend Ontario, you get part of that back. Mm. So a lot of people, that's a big incentive. Mm. Right. That's what brought a lot of Americans to come to, to shoot come to in Canada. Canada. Mm. First of all, of the tax credit. Second of all, for the difference in the currency, money currency, because the Canadian dollar is a bit cheaper than U.S. dollars. And third of all, because there were infrastructure, and that's what the third thing I want to talk about, mm. which is infrastructure. There are offices, there are studios, there are a couple mm. of of uh, Uh, vendors that do the latest cameras, they have mm. the latest cameras, they have the latest lights, the latest cranes, um, and also like post houses and all these other things where people can come. It's a one city shop where you can shoot, uh, post, post, edit, and go take it. So I think these are three main things that any city can start looking at. Yeah, I, I think in, in in South Asia, India has just hit the mark. on that part of it but uh, sri lanka is always cheaper to shoot in and it's it i think it's a better better deal to come to sri lanka provided that we can give the incentive that people want mm-hmm. yeah see so what i see is there's a combination of policy making uh, infrastructure and talent mm-hmm. yeah it's it's actually those three things that will drive film 
uh, hopefully in Sri Lanka. A lot of people, a lot of my friends who are into film complained about it, complained about it, complained about it. But having said that, even under the most dire circumstances, the Sri Lankan film market is still chugging along. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not dead. It's not dead. That's the thing. And it's not dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, should, you should see this piece more that couple of my friends made. They took an old uh, comic piece and created a fully 3D animated film out of it. With nothing, okay. with nothing. It took so seven years. We mm. we have a similar situation where uh, Duel and I work with a bunch of guys called uh, Proof, P R U V E, mm. and um, they write their own comics and then they film their own short movies for the comics. It's amazing. Like they they're the ones who did the one shot take that I showed you a couple. Oh of, yeah, yeah. Uh, I showed you as well. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but let me ask you something. What's the? Is there a lot of people who go to theater and watch Sri Lanka films, yes. or how do Sri Lanka films get to the people? So theater, theater uh, entrance is about twelve percent of the population. It's not a lot. It's mm. fairly small. Uh, that's large because we don't have good theaters, and the average Sri Lankan watches more. English and Hindi movies than they watch Sinhala movies mm. uh, or Tamil movies for that matter or Tamil movies constructed in uh, like uh, short in Sri Lanka. Now that you mention it, a lot of the Sinhala movies I watched, I watched because my old music teacher used to compose the music pieces for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Because we do have that as well in Canada where a lot of people don't go to, th- like Canadian film or not many people go and see it, unfortunately. Mm. And the government tries to help with that. I've actually watched a purely Canadian film. Um, it's called Design Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what did you think? It was pretty good. Like I, I saw everything from I think it was the uh, northwestern side where they have sort of an Irish accent. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. Sort of kind of yeah. Irishy accent. All the way down to the western side, west where coast. yeah, where it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different. Yeah, that's true. Canada has a different, a lot of different cultures mm. and different uh, areas. You can't imagine that about Canada, right? No, I just like before that I had one idea of what a Canadian person was, but then this movie but opened you, me up. Yeah. What was what's your idea about Canadian person? Uh, really polite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> it is. It is that 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 so far I have not been disappointed in. Um, but I think towards the mining towns of Alberta, you get a little bit more gruffier. Mm. Um, but beyond that, no. Like I didn't know Mike Myers. I think yes. is from Canada. <laughs> Jordan Peterson is from Jordan Canada. Peterson is from Canada. Uh, Jordan Peterson is one of our like yeah all time. He teaches at the UOT, uh, professor of psychology. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so it has been a great conversation. I think uh, on that note, thanks, Mo. Thanks. Yeah. Very sorry about the little fuck up we had. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Uh, little, little uh, and uh, sounds like a rapper. <laughs> and. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really, really waiting to go and see the project that he was on. 
Okay, no, no. Before we leave, I have one question for you. Go for it. There's a movie that has your credits on IMDb called Portal from Hell. Oh my God, that's an amazing <laughs> film. Okay, so that film is a short film with wrestler Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I don't know if you guys wow. remember him from the '90s. I love him. I got the chance to meet him. It was a volunteer project. Nobody got paid on this project. It was an amazing short film. Mm-hmm. I got to meet him. He's an amazing guy. It's a sci-fi about him. opening portal to hell by accident <laughs> and they try he's a generator he's right. a generator working on a in a in an apartment place and him and his neighbor try to close the portal of hell <laughs> and it's just amazing it's a short film we were trying to do a feature they were trying to do a feature film out of it but unfortunately mm-hmm. rowdy passed away mm-hmm. and uh, he's an amazing person yeah. i got to meet one of my idols when i used to watch him on the big screens in the 90s <laughs> And um, that's Portal to Hell. <laughs> really, I need to download this. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys, for hosting me. I hope... Uh, uh, I'm very sorry about that little thing that happened, but uh, <laughs> I think that helped. And uh, I, I, what happened, happened and could not have happened any other way. Exactly. Cheers. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> oh, that was a better conversation. <laughs>